Welcome to 3BZ Presents the TomCast Podcast. This is the podcast issue number 17. We are still here despite my best efforts to torpedo the show by never being available to record. But we did it. We have reconvened today. And I have super mega special guest, Exo Mega Gold, Roger Smith himself. I am here once more. He's in the illustrious guest co-host seat. It's got spikes and metal objects all over it, but like not in inappropriate places. There you go. It's just like threatening and, you know, kind of warning people to stay away from it. I feel threatened. <laughs> You're supposed to feel safe. The, the people who want to usurp your chair are oh, the I ones see. who should feel threatened. It's the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're in the danger zone. You're in the comfort zone. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, if, <laughs> if that amazing intro hasn't settled this program for you, uh, please follow along with us at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram. And you can find Roger on Instagram as well at Gold. Roger, what's going on, man? Not too much. I feel like I haven't really done all that much lately, but definitely there's been a few good comic pop culture things happening that are free for us to talk about. So Yeah, we, we needed to get together, um, not not only just to catch up and hang out, because we like doing that, Yes, uh, but, you know, there, there's like at least three people who listen to the show who depend on us to deliver quality program. And that, you know the quality may not be high, but we're we're getting there. We're we're, we're shooting for the stars. We're working up to it. Yeah, you got to build. It's, it's like a house. You start with the foundation. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, I haven't done much either, so I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. It's been a pretty uneventful since the last episode. Um, I got a few things I want to bring up though, and so we're, we're gonna be able to dive into a few things. Uh, this past weekend, uh, everyone may. I'm assuming everyone knows that it was the Super Bowl. Yes. Or the Super Bore, depending on who you want to talk to. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, the consensus that I'm getting so far. Yeah, not, not the most thrilling game. Uh, but, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, you're stoked. If you're a Rams fan, you're not. Yeah, it's a low bar, though. Yeah. But the the, the, the majority of people, uh, the majority of, of, of non-football people, and, and probably even quite a few football people as well, they're there for the, for the commercials. Yep. Roger, what commercials caught your attention? Well, right off the bat, they went with the Avengers, the new Endgame trailer, which uh, looked pretty cool. Yeah, they weren't they weren't messing around. They they threw that one out. I, I mean, there's like either right after, or right before the coin toss. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was right early. There. So if you if you tuned in late, you missed it. <laughs> yep. I mean, luckily the internet provides. Yes, it does. And so uh, you know you could rectify that pretty quickly. <laughs> but what did you, what did you think of the, little, of the new little glimpses? You know, it they made it look. Uh, a lot darker, um, definitely. You, I mean, they were always going for that kind of dark vibe, but I really felt in this one they showed a lot more of the, you know, post snap world. If the you world, will. like the you know empty city city field in New York and, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I honestly, for some reason, I didn't think that we'd see a lot of that, but. I guess that's what's gonna be the first part of the movie for the most part. So yeah, I was I was pretty intrigued by that. I thought it was interesting choice to to kind of show the like, the, the post snap world uh-huh. as as it is and, and how it's that the Thanos is right that population is a lot a lot lighter. Yeah, yeah, it looked like almost zombie apocalypse. Levels. Yeah, and like, I, I'm I, just I, almost gone. Correct me if I'm wrong. There was, there was like like signage for for like you know like. They're gone. What do we do now? Kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like really dealing with that post, you know, losing half of humanity world, you know. So yeah, it, it almost had a kind of. Um, do you remember that show on HBO, The Leftovers? Yeah, right. it, it kind of had like that feel of uh, of everyone's gone up to heaven, but everyone's yeah. been left behind. <laughs> yeah, post rapture. <laughs> yes, exactly the rapture. Thank you. That was yeah. what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it kind of almost had like that little a little bit of that feel at the beginning. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, my my. Reaction to seeing that little little teaser, you can't really even call it a new trailer. Yeah, it was very, very short. Um, I'm I'm already way excited for this movie. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot they can do to hype it more. Yeah. No, and, and so actually I was, I was kind of underwhelmed by what they <laughs> gave us for the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think I'm okay. I'm like, I'm not mad about that. I don't want it to sound like sour grapes or anything. I mean, yeah. they, they gave us like a quick little snippets of stuff. Like we got to see some helmets coming on people's heads. That yeah. was exciting. That's true. <laughs> uh, there's a internet rumor that actually there's like a, that Ammon's a lady in this trailer. Did really? you notice that? 
No, I didn't. I mean, I haven't gone back and looked at the trailer again. Yeah, I think I've only seen it the one time. I haven't done a deep dive on it either. Just a few things here and there. Are we sure? Are we sure that's what's going on? I don't know, but it'd be weird. There's all kinds of rumors to that flick. I'm just, I'm just really keyed up, really excited. So what what I got to see from the Super Bowl trailer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any other uh, commercials catch your catch your interest? Any of those? You enjoy that Bud Light Game of Thrones mashup commercial? I was just like. uh, Okay, where are they going with this? <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. Their their whole commercials this year were they're, uh, interesting, we'll say. I, I'm, I'm watching the game with, with Cody and Mike, um, <laughs> oh, nice. and that commercial comes on. And <laughs> at first it was like, okay, blah, 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 yeah. but like commercial. We're kind of like playing on our phones or chit-chatting back yeah. and forth. And then I look up and I was like, holy shit, that's the mountain. And then everyone <laughs> stops what they're doing and starts watching the commercial. Yeah. And then by the end of it, we're, we're like, did... Did Game of Thrones just kill Bud Light? Like, did <laughs> yeah, they just was, destroy their brand for this commercial? Yeah, it was an interesting <laughs> crossover, right? Like, who just willingly lets their brand die? <laughs> uh, well, apparently, the Mountain and, and uh, Drogon the Dragon are big craft beer, indie beer fans. Well, there we go. That's our <laughs> so, new logo right there. <laughs> the, the war's begun. The real war for beer has begun. Uh, and we have a dragon. That's true. <laughs> I, I think we win by default. I, I'm not fighting the dragon, are you? <laughs> nope. He's on my side. <laughs> he's on my side. Yeah. Who cares? Their stupid Bud Light night. He just got his head smushed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their whole uh, anti-corn syrup ads were kind of laughable this year. <laughs> that was interesting too. It's funny that it's probably more more of a, a conversation for for our our other our parent podcast, Beer yeah. Night in San Diego. Um, but it's funny how all of a sudden Bud Light's paying attention to like, oh no, the consumers really care about the ingredients. It's time yeah. to talk about the ingredients. It's <laughs> like we've been saying this for twenty years. Yeah. 30 years for some people. Carl Strauss just turned 30. They've been doing this. Yeah, they know. So that was, uh, Bud was left it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what they were really going for, but they made some uh, enemies on uh, corn farmers and dragons, I guess. So. (laughs) Yeah, the corn farmers are not happy too. You're right about that. (laughs) Uh, What other commercial, the other commercial that definitely uh, had my attention was the Amazon commercial with Harrison Ford and a little dog. Oh yeah, who that was pretty funny. Barks and orders food at the same time. <laughs> Just giant pallets of dog food. That was great. And this is the world we live in now. Harrison Ford does Amazon commercials at the Super Bowl. <laughs> And he just, he nails that character because you know that's just who he is. It's grumpy old Harrison Ford. It's perfect. (laughs) It's like, that's how you expect him to be. I mean, that's that's how he wakes up every day. (laughs) So I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Yeah, that was Uh, good. I I got a chuckle from seeing uh, the big Lebowski order a sailor our toes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was... uh... Another interesting one. There. Interesting commercials, but I think by the most, for the most part, the commercials were a little underwhelming. The T-Mobile ads were, were kind of funny if you yeah. felt like reading the giant text on the screen. Yeah, there there was a few of them that were like, eh, they got a chuckle out of me. But yeah. and the, the the first responders got a lot of love in the in the trailer or in the commercials, which, which yeah, was pretty that nice, was nice too. Yeah. So good stuff overall to make up for a lackluster game. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it that. <laughs> and real quick, I don't want to go too crazy on. on football-related activities, but how boring was that halftime show? Oh, dude. It was like, just, there was no hype behind it. I'm just like, uh, I mean, he, he's there wearing a shirt that looks like some curtains, you know? <laughs> is, is Maroon 5 from Georgia? I, you know, I don't even know. I, I don't know the... I don't think they are. ...relevance to that. Adam Levine even. does not look like a, a Georgian. A Georgian. No, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, the only good part for me was, you know, big boy coming out with the way you move. Well, that was, you know, I, and I, I offered up to our, to our friends. I, I suggested as like, Hey, you know what? It's super bowl. We want to do something really kick ass. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you're gonna throw a lot of money at these acts or whatever, you know, why, why not make the reunion of outcast happen? Ooh, that would have been, see that right there been in Atlanta. That would have got some major hype right there. That would have been so cool. Yeah. That would have been great, but no, yeah, no, we get you know Maroon Five and they're they're like super conservative, play it safe music. Yeah, yeah, they they played literally everything I thought they would play. I'm like, all right, what are the top radio hits? Yeah, all the and, all the earworm songs. Yeah, and that's where they went. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was to be expected. And I I don't know who the rapper that was with them, that uh, Travis Scott is that his name maybe? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I might be off, but like he was cursing up a storm. The so every other intro. word, <laughs> every other word, he was. <laughs> 
thrown out there is getting bleeped out. So I mean, there's you know that's yeah. not that's not good audio. Yeah, I'm like, is the, the audio clipping? What's wrong with the stream <laughs> right now? I'm like, oh no, he's probably just cursing a lot. Just cursing a lot is my guess. <laughs> but then Big Boy showed up in his fur coat and he kind of crushed it. He was he was yeah. definitely the highlight of that that yeah. fiasco. I agree. All right, <laughs> let's move on from that shenanigans. Let's get into the meat of the matter. All right, the finest of all the meats, nicely marbled, ready to go in the grill. Let's get a grilling. Roger, you're here to give us the review on Glass, the M. Night Shyamalan uh, concluding chapter of his quote-unquote superhero trilogy. Yes. Can you break it down? Uh, And we're spoiling this. Yeah, so spoiler warnings. uh, I mean, we'll probably say spoilers before any major point, but... We might accidentally drop some things here yeah, and there. And just, and just for the record, Roger's reviewing this solo. I'm hearing this for the first time. I've not seen this film, so I'm learning as you're learning. We're in this together, audience. Wait, audience you haven't of two. seen it yet? I've not. Really? Okay. No, no. no. So, but um, I want to know. I've heard, right. I've heard things, but I want to know. Okay. So you're okay with spoilers? Then. I'm okay with spoilers. Okay. So overall, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, the movie starts off with the uh, McAvoy character. Um, I guess he has so many names. <laughs> I'm going to have to choose one. The Split character. They, they call him the Beast, I think, right? Yeah, the or Beast the Horde is, or something? Yeah, the Beast is like the main bad, evil character, you mm-hmm. know? But, you know, since he's multiple personalities, he runs through a bunch of different characters. Right. But just... Super overview, you know, he's doing the same thing he did in Split. You know, he's kidnapped some girls and uh, pretty much we don't see any of Samuel L. Jackson's character. We don't see Glass at all at the beginning of the movie. He kind of comes in later on, ironically, which is fine. Um, And we see Bruce Willis's character, you know, Overseer, as he's called. He has his superhero name now. Can we talk about how dumb that name is? (laughs) Overseer? Yeah. Is he a satellite? I want to say that it was his son that made the name, possibly. But, um, yeah, because he's working with his son. That's what you find out at the the beginning of the movie. So, So what you'll find in this movie is that... Most of the characters that kind of were alongside the main characters in the previous movies are coming back in this. And they all play kind of a more or less side role to the main characters. But, for example, like the the girl from Split, Mm -hmm. she shows up in that, in this one. Um, Obviously, the son, who's now grown up from Unbreakable, he shows up. And then Glass's mother is also... um, Towards the end, she shows up, too. Mama Glass. Mama Glass. <laughs> so um, we get the uh, overseer <laughs> meeting up with Split's character. And uh, he, you know, he brushes by. He's trying to find, you know, he's seeing that there's been these kidnappings. He's working with his son to try to find, you know, who's doing this. And then, you know, he's just going by doing you know, walking by areas where he might be, you know, just they've been doing research and that kind of stuff. So you can tell they've they've been doing this operation for a while, you know, and the cops are on to him and this whole thing. But he's basically doing the vigilante thing. How how long is this this part of the film? Uh, You know, it's not even that that long, to be honest. It's kind of maybe 15 minutes, a half hour, like that first part. I was was curious because from all the trailers we saw, Mm -hmm. um, it, it paints a picture of the film taking a, a large part portion of the film taking place at a uh, institution, a mental institution. Yeah, so that's that's where it leads up to. Okay. So he brushes by uh, Split. We'll, we'll just call him Split, just because sure. everyone sure. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And uh, and then you know he gets that weird vibe. He sees girls in a brick building, and then you know so he's talking to his son. He's like, you know, is there any brick buildings close by? So, you know, they do the research. He goes up, finds the girls, sets them free. And then that's when Beast comes out as the personality. And then you just, you know, the room's dark and you just hear him climbing up the walls. And you just have this scene where, you know, um, Bruce Willis's character just, you know, breaks the bar that they're chained to. They all make a run for it and the Beast and him fight. So they're fighting each other, you know, they're going at it, and the Beast is like, how is this guy so strong kind of thing, you know? Because he hasn't fought anyone of that caliber before. He thought he was unique. So that's kind of a theme that they that they find that goes throughout the movie, is like, they're 
kind of one to one. They're rivals in this thing. So they're pretty evenly matched. And it gets to the point where they fall out a window, hit the floor. It's raining outside. And then they're just both looking at each other like they're going to charge. And then I guess police all show up and end up taking them away. And they get taken to the mental institution. So this part of the movie, it's it's not bad. It, it seems uh, it might be a little drawn out, but it is interesting. Uh, you get a lot of um, the characters kind of playing off the doctor. So what the doctor is doing, she's convincing them all that, you know, anything that they're doing is explainable. You know, she'll say like Split's characters. He's like, you know, I survive bullets. I bent bars. And she's like, you know, those were old cartridges. They could have you know, been like 80% damage. The bars were made in the 1800s. They were probably rusted and corroded. Like she's explaining away everything that these guys have done. She's like the agent Scully of this film. Yeah. And she's like making them all doubt themselves. And the whole movie is kind of playing off that. Like they're like, they're starting to doubt that they actually have abilities and they're, you know, that seems like it's the point, you know, she wants for some reason to make them doubt that they actually have, you know, skills. And that's in the institution is where they meet up with glass. And for that part, um, glasses character, you know, he's, he's been heavily sedated is what they say. He, he doesn't talk at all for the most part of the movie. Um, you know, the doctors have him sedated because he's too smart. He, he does all these things to try to escape and, you know, they have to keep him under, otherwise he'll be able to, you know, get out again. So for this part, you know, this this whole dynamic kind of goes, and then you kind of get the side characters coming in, talking to the doctor, and you kind of get them each playing off her in a different way, but she's trying to make them believe that, you know, they're just mentally, you know, ill patients, that, you know, they don't actually have skills or anything. And then, so it kind of goes on and just getting more towards the end of it, obviously Glass manages to break them out. And what Glass is trying to do, he's trying to get them to fight each other. He's trying to show the world that superheroes exist, you know, because his whole thing was, was trying to prove that comics were just a form of, you know, storytelling from the past, just in modern form. So he's saying all these old legends we had are basically what comics are now. So he's trying to prove to the world that you have superheroes, you have villains. So his whole thing is trying to get them out and show the world that they exist to prove that he was right. Well, this is, I mean, okay, so that, that kind of sounds a lot like what he was trying to do in Unbreakable mm-hmm. in the yeah. first place. Yeah. But which, now he has more of a, a grandiose stage to do it with because now he has this more, yeah. I guess, to show. Yeah. So with, with this, uh, with the split character. And, yeah. They, and, it's, and that, and now, now that opportunity. Yeah. And obviously the, uh, overseer, which I can't <laughs> believe I just said out loud, um, <laughs> is, is obviously a little bit more now public as well. So like they're kind of exposed. Mm-hmm. So now it's just kind of, he's, I guess he's trying to control the narrative and, yeah. And, and be like, no, 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 you guys are snakes <laughs> on a plane. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So essentially, um, so he tries to get them out there. He's trying to get them out onto a big stage for everyone to see. There's this whole uh, building opening that's kind of been hinted at the whole time. So this is, you know, pretty much the climax. The end of the movie is that he his plan is successful. They managed to break out of the mental institution. But, you know, they, they just make it as far as the front lawn and all the cop cars start coming in. And, you know, the beast comes out and he's like taking them all out and you know overseer high like basically puts all of the cops that he can and shoves them all in like a a metal trailer thing that's the scene you see from the trailer where he's bending oh, right, the bar right, right. over okay. there so he's trying to keep them in there so that to keep them safe you know quote unquote and uh and they're pretty much fighting each other and that's when the major spoilerific point happens where throughout the whole movie it was kind of hinted that there was something weird about Split's father. And then, you know, they're all like looking at it and, you know, you see the the son does research and then he just has like an, Oh my God moment. And then glass later on in the movie, like looks up his father and he just starts like, kind of like laughing to himself incredulously. And it's at this point that it cuts back to the original scene from unbreakable 
where uh, Bruce Willis's character is on the train. Oh, oh shit. Okay. And you see the father sit down a few rows back. Oh. So yeah, essentially, okay. it, it's his whole thing is like, you know, not only did I create him, but in a way I created you. It just took that much longer. So <laughs> it was, it's, it's an interesting twist because I honestly didn't see it coming. I'll, I'll give it that much. Um, and I would have liked to have seen where it went, but I felt like after that point, it was, it was super abrupt. It was like that happened. And then basically beast lightly punches glass. And that's pretty much the end for him. <laughs> right. Because he can't take a hit at all. Cause he's, cause of his condition and you know, they're fighting. And then that's when these other who you think are cops at first come over and the most anticlimactic end they basically put Bruce Willis's character's head just in a puddle and pretty much drown him because that's like his you know his weakness right his weakness was water so he was unable to so he was unable to you know overcome his water weakness you know so he basically drowned in that puddle because the guy was holding his head underwater what the fuck kind of movie is this and then the you know the girl from split is over there trying to you know because she has almost like a a stockholm syndrome thing with with so uh, now she's in the love with split band it kind of seems like there was there's some sort of weird relationship interest kind of like a whole they went through this same losing parent type thing um, it, it was a little weird. Um, I, I don't feel that I really felt it from Split that it was going to lead that way, but I'll, I'll give it to him. It's been a while since I saw it. Sure, <laughs> so, sure, sure. And so then she's there trying to like calm him down, and then somebody basically snipes him. What? Yeah, <laughs> oh my so, God. So basically, all three characters die <laughs> oh my God. In, within five minutes of each other. And you're just like, what the hell? And I mean, to be honest, I figured they were going to die or at least, you know, one of them was going to die. But I didn't think it was going to be so anticlimactic. And then it turns out that in the end, what happened was the doctor was part of the secret organization that's been subduing all these superhumans over the course of history. And, you know, her, her last words to Glass is like, you know, you should, you know, be comforted that you were right. You know, you were like your theory was correct, but they had to kill off the superhumans because it wasn't fair to humanity. <laughs> that was their, their justification. So the final twist of the movie is that this was all part of Glass's plan. And you see earlier in there that there was a. Uh, you see earlier in there that Glass was messing with a computer but you know you don't really know what he's doing so it turns out all the security camera footage and everything was being streamed to the internet so everything that happened was now available to the world so his whole plan of you know exposing the truth worked in the end so this government agency is stupid <laughs> essentially yeah they they didn't they couldn't uh, figure out someone was streaming the wifi or whatever yeah, so it was uh, it was an interesting twist. I don't know that it works. I feel like it would have worked uh, maybe 10 years ago before, like, social media and stuff. Because, I mean, like, how many, like, fake videos do you see, like, just day-to-day -day viral stuff? Right. That can just be, like, you know, you don't give it the time of day. But, you know, at the end of the movie, everyone's, like, looking at their phones. They're like, oh, what? what's this? And, you know, you get the whole scene where everyone in the train station's just getting that message of, oh, dude, look at this kind of thing, you know? So you're just kind of like, I get what they're trying to do. I feel but, like we've, we've seen that in something recently, too, haven't we? I feel like it, it's, at this point, it's been done. Yeah, it's starting to become like a, kind of a bit of a trope. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's glass. That's glass. That's that's literally how it ends. You just, huh. that last scene. And you're just kind of like, you know, I liked the movie up until the very end. And I'm like, you know, you couldn't have made the character die in a more heroic way or, I mean, if he was going to die, fine, but you've had him built up through this, you know, whole series and just to go like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the feedback I had heard about the film were, uh, were kind of the same way, you know, for about two thirds or so of the film, it's, you know, you're, you're pretty, in, pretty yeah. much invested and in paying attention to what's going on and you're, you're, you're enjoying yourself. And then it just kind of 
kind of falls apart in that, that third act. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was intentional that that's where he was trying to go towards and he just went there too quickly or if he kind of just was like, well, I got to finish it somehow, so here's where we're going to go. Yeah, it is, uh, from what you're saying, it, it almost, and now, again, I haven't seen the film yet and uh, I still plan to see the film at some point yeah. and then we can, maybe we can, we can discuss it a little bit more. Uh, thoroughly, um, it, but it does kind of sound like he wasn't quite sure what to do at the end. Yeah, I mean, it just it felt so rushed. Like those things hit so quickly one after the other. It was just it felt like it was trying to be like shocking twist and end kind mm-hmm. of thing to kind of leave you thinking. But then you wrap it up with oh, and his plan actually worked, and here's what happens with the rest of the world. But then you're like, okay, so I guess this is setting up for possibility of future movies within the series if he wanted to i guess if it did well kind of thing maybe but i don't know i don't know that it would continue from here or that it should you know i feel like i mean you could if you wanted to but do you really care about any other characters at this point you know that's that's the whole thing there so that's interesting okay all right fair enough yeah. So I would, I mean, if you're a fan of the of the series, I would go see it for sure. Um, just to know how it ends, you know, besides this uh, spoilerific, spoiler-filled <laughs> review. But um, yeah, other than that, I, I mean, I won't say that I don't recommend it. I just say that it might let you down a little bit at the end. That's, that's something you have to just, okay, I'm going into it. I might not like the end, but definitely the lead up I felt was worth it to me. Fair enough. Roger, thanks for that great review on Glass. Yeah. The M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, sorry, who, who we got in there? James McAvoy and Bruce Willis and uh, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Yep. Nick Fury himself. <laughs> He's going to get his eye back in Captain Marvel. He's yeah. probably pretty stoked. Yeah, should be good. He won't, he won't be walking into walls anymore <laughs> between takes. He'll have his depth perception back. <laughs> All right. Before we get to the next topic... What are we drinking? We got a beer today. Yes, we do. Cody has decided not to fine us as long as we drank a beer on this I can't episode. afford the fines anymore. Yeah. So what we're doing today is Sierra Nevada's Sierra Vesa. It's an easy drinking lager, as they said. Um, I'm guessing it's a Mexican lager. Just Be my guest, too, with that name. Going Sierra, by the Sierra name. Vesa. But uh, yeah, no, it's super refreshing, clear, crisp, very nice. Yeah, um, very light. Yeah, super light, you know, doesn't leave that, you know, sometimes you get that weird aftertaste from certain lagers, but no, this one finishes real dry, real clean. I think it says 5.2% on there. Yeah. So pretty crushable, as they say. As as they say. Nice. Not bad. Yep. Would drink again. Roger, do you subscribe to the Netflix? I do indeed, sir. Yeah, I do too. Guess what I watched? What's that? I watched Daredevil season three. Very nice. What did you think? This is one I haven't seen, but I loved it. Very nice. I loved it so much. <laughs> um, I, I have been somewhat critical of of the Netflix, the Marvel Netflix shows because I feel like sometimes they're a little drawn out. Yeah, you know, yeah, some, I can like, see that. you know, you could take you could shave a few episodes off, get it down to like ten, and you have a much more tight, tightly wound, more compact story. Yeah, and I, I think that'd be to every series' benefit, really. Mm. Uh, but it, this time around, you know, it's nice. I think this is a 14-episode season. Okay. Um, and there's only a handful of episodes where I was like, meh. Yeah. And, but most of the time, it's real good. Yeah. I, I don't want to dive into it too much because there, there is some pretty cool stuff in there uh-huh. uh, that I'm hoping. You know, I, I think the news that that, that show dropped and then yeah. got canceled right after you know, it was released. And I wonder if maybe that if it, it might have taken some of the... the, the hype away from it or from like some of the some of the attention away from it how good it is yeah I think you know people so. are like oh why am I gonna watch this is done mm-hmm. watch it yeah. it's great <laughs> it's really good yeah uh, Charlie Cox is Daredevil Matt Murdock is always fantastic yeah Wilson Fisk is back no, Vincent D'Onofrio mm-hmm. just is incredible yeah and, and very Kingpin-esque in this this season I mean like his plan from day one mm-hmm. You, you know he's up to something. And they do a great job of kind of like, they do a great job of making you take the steps that Daryl has to take to kind of get there. Mm, nice. Yeah, I do like when they do that kind of thing where you're kind of figuring out the mystery along the way. Yeah, and like I said, I, I don't want to spoil it too much because I do want people to go and go back and watch this because just because the show's over doesn't mean it's not awesome. Yeah. Because this might be the best season of Daredevil. Nice. 
And and so I, th- I think you know if it's done, if this iteration of the character is done, if these actors are done with these with these roles, mm-hmm. um, I think they can definitely hold their heads up high and be really really proud of this one. This is a really strong season. Nice. And uh, it it's it has a little bit of all the Daredevil things that you you love from the comics. Uh-huh. You know, if you've read the Frank Miller stuff back in the day, it, uh, it has a little bit of the Kevin Smith stuff. Oh, okay. You know, there's a couple couple nods and winks to to, to Kevin's work on the on the character. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just. It is the essence of those characters. Like it, it, you know, a lot of the conjecture is that Marvel is taking back their uh, their characters from Netflix so that they can do new versions that are a little bit more kind of family friendly. Yeah, that's what it's Daredevil's like. not that character. Not at all. And so, embrace this version of it. You know, apparently it's going to be on Netflix forever. Yeah, which is good. I was so, worried that they were going to strip it away or yeah, something. Yeah, we don't want to go back to Ben Affleck Daredevil. <laughs> no, we don't want to get stuck with that. No, and this is a great, great, great show. It's 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 deep. It's complex. There's there's a lot of uh, interesting motivations for the characters. You know, Daredevil's in a, is, the show starts off with Daredevil in a weird place. I don't know if you watched Defenders, uh, but it leaves him in a precarious position. Okay, and so excuse me, it opens with him in a precarious position, kind of like having to re- rehabilitate himself, relearn his powers to, to a certain extent because okay. he's severely fucked up. <laughs> All right, I see. But it, it it's great. And you get, mm, I don't know if I should come out and just say it or not, but basically you, I'm going to say it because it's kind of been in the trailers, but okay. you get bullseye. Yeah, yeah, I did see that, and that looked like it was a pretty interesting twist. Now, they, they, they incorporate some stuff from one of the many origins that bullseye has in the comics. Bullseye yeah. one of those characters who's kind of like a joker where he, he, he lies a lot. Yeah. <laughs> about where he really came from, <laughs> they they go they do go with one particular one from a comic. Okay, um, but they do a lot of different things with him as far as his development from what he starts off as in the show, which is again, I'm reluctant to say too much. He starts off in one place, but by the end of the series, by the end of the of the of the of the, of the run of the, mm-hmm. the thirteen or fourteen episodes, he's very much bullseye. Yeah, and he's. It, the, the transformation of him is is really really well done too. That's cool, and it's, it's great to see his uh, bullseye's prowess for accuracy mm-hmm. on display in, in in several episodes. Nice, and it's very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I can't I cannot recommend it highly enough. I was a little concerned, and I think if I had one criticism of the series, it was that it's like I don't get full bullseye. Okay. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. He never comes out in like full costume or anything. You never get the bullseye costume. I'll just come out and say that. Okay, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. That would be a little tricky to pull. Well, off. It, it it does kind of make sense because of the game that that, that Fisk is playing. Okay. And so it it does make a certain amount of sense. And, it, and there's a whole psychological aspect to it too. That mm-hmm. uh, because because Matt is is fighting his the, his dual lives and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot of uh, metaphor and, and and stuff going on in in that show. And it, it so it does make sense. Yeah. But. The thing I will miss most, because they kind of tease you with it, is that uh, Bullseye would be back for season four, and he would be yeah. full psycho full Bullseye, Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> which is which has always been one of my favorite things, in yeah. comics at least. So um, it does kind of leave with that, I wouldn't say cliffhanger ending, but with a possibility for something more. Yeah, it's, not, it's definitely not like wrapped up. I mean, there, okay. there's a few loose ends here and there. It seems like... Because that's what I was wondering if, if post uh, cancellation, if they had kind of maybe gone back and known it was coming, or if it was just kind of left open. There were there were a couple moments uh, where I thought they might have made a different choice with certain things if they knew they were done. Okay, I see. Um, because uh, no pun intended, the, the, the season doesn't pull many punches as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there might have been a few opportunities to kind of go a little bit further if I they would. knew it was at the end. Where they might have might have taken it a little bit darker, a little bit more, you know, daredevil on yeah. the edge kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, like I said, for some reason I don't want to spoil it too much because I do want people to watch it, and I'm, yeah. I'm hoping you'll get the chance to check it out. Soon. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. With it, with that review, I think I might. It is is quite enjoyable. <laughs> I was going to transition and, and fire a shot across the bow at something else, but I don't want to right now. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to go there. But after. The, the euphoria that I had watching Daredevil season three. Yes. I was all set for for Punisher season two to drop. Mm-hmm. I've made it through one episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little uneven. Okay. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest, the first episode for about half of it, mm-hmm. straight up boring. Yeah. 
crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's troublesome. I, I it was funny. I, I had sent a text to a buddy who I knew had watched it a, a day or two before me, and I was like, yeah. Like I'm halfway through. Is anything cool going to happen? <laughs> and then, luckily, a few minutes after I sent that text, it does get a lot better. Okay. Um, I I have my reservations about what's coming up, what they've kind of foreshadowed, who the villains are, and, and so so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, I'm, I, have, I have some concerns there. I'm. In, we only got a little glimpse of of uh, Jigsaw. Okay. In the first episode, I, I'm interested to see where that goes. It it, it looks like they're going to do more of. A, pretty big psychological take on that character and like the not so much like fractured his, you know the the scars on his face but the yeah. scars in his mind now from everything okay. and how it's how he's fractured as a person which i think is fine if they did it right you know? yeah i think so too uh hopefully next time we get together i'll have a few more episodes under my belt yeah we'll see we'll a <laughs> review on that one yeah and so you know that's that's kind of where marvel's netflix stuff is at right now yeah Though the the there is rumors that the Punisher may not be on the chopping block. Yeah, I mean they haven't said anything so far. Yeah, so. I, and the only speculation I have no facts. The only speculation I can offer is that maybe Disney's aware that character is just too dark to worry about bringing back into the main <laughs> Marvel universe. Yeah, I mean to be honest, his character is just pretty much. I mean, he's irredeemable. <laughs> you know, that's that's his whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and he doesn't have the, the the fun, playful vibe that Deadpool has. Yeah, that's that's the main difference. And, well, and also the uh, the, the money making potential apparently of, of Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Punisher movies have never done that well. A, a report was just just came out today actually that that Disney does plan to keep Deadpool as an R rated feature. Yeah. So no one has to worry about that going forward. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think that is good. It's been, and. You know, assuming Ryan Reynolds and, and the people that he he has involved in, the, in those films yeah. uh, stick around, mm-hmm. we should at least have a consistent tone for Deadpool, which would be good. Yeah, that'll be nice. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what they got planned for number three. I'm sure something's sure something's coming up. <laughs> not really, not really a genre show per se, but it's something that I have an, an affection for from from my youth. Uh-huh. I was I don't know if you're as big a fan as I am, but I, when I was a kid, I I was obsessed with the movie Hunt for October. Okay. The, uh, based on the Tom Clancy novel, mm-hmm. and the movie was starring uh, Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin. Yeah, and it's it's the uh, the Jack Ryan is the character. Yeah, yeah. I watched the new Jack Ryan show oh, on, on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, eight episodes long. Yeah. They're all about an hour. The first one's about an hour and a half, but the rest of them are less than an hour long. Only eight episodes. Great show. Was it? Okay. I really enjoyed it. John Krasinski as as Ryan is a charismatic, likable guy. Yeah. Um. The, it's a, it's a strong cast around him. So it's his Nice, simple, succinct story. Like I said, eight, eight episodes. Yeah. And it's not too technophile you know? Okay. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of stuff that I, you know, where I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's cool, man. It, it, was, it kind of reminded me, to a certain extent, of 24, when 24 was on, and I love 24. Yeah. yeah but 24, we, we constantly derail itself with weird side stories. Yeah. In eight episodes, you don't have weird side stories. Yeah, you just stick straight to the point. Stick straight to the point. And it's a good show. And uh, they shot a lot of it in D.C., which I thought was fun. So I, I yeah. got to see a lot of things that I'm like, oh, I know where that is. I've been there. <laughs> you so, know, incorporates national parks. That was fun. The metro, that line. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plus. Yeah, so I just want to mention, and I may end up cutting that out, but another recommendation from me. We got some news. We have some more news that just came out a couple days ago. Yeah, so we talked about Marvel. So on the other side, DC, some big news recently was that Ben Affleck is confirmed to no longer be the Batman. So I think, uh, we, I think we all saw it coming. Yeah, more or less. It was just so so weird the way the news was coming out that it was yes, then no, then you know, just all over the place. Well, I mean, I think we could all kind of tell he just wasn't that interested anymore either. Yeah, I, I, he got so much just backlash over that role, and I honestly don't think he did a terrible job. I just think he didn't have a lot of good script to work with. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think he was put in an unfortunate situation. I thought he did a nice job with what he had in yeah. the, in the Batman vs Superman film. Uh-huh. You know, it was just there were there were scripting issues. Yeah, yeah, it was and, definitely. and he, you know, his obsession with people named Martha <laughs> it was his undoing. Yeah. But it yeah. did seem, you know, when Justice League rolled around, it did seem like he was a little bit in the, that, that uh, I don't know why I'm still here mood. You yeah. Know? It just, the the entire 
you know, series so far felt a little inconsistent. And I think that was the biggest issue. But now we see with the success of, you know, Wonder Woman and Aquaman now even more, which, you know, broke the billion, right? Well, you know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to put it out there. I'm taking full credit for Aquaman <laughs> being the huge mega hit that it is. There I think go. it was on this podcast, you and me. We called it. We were the torchbearers for Aquaman. We made it happen. We don't need any money, but we'll take it yeah. if you want to give us some. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you the P.O. box later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll start a GoFundMe. Like, <laughs> give us credit. <laughs> we expect our name on the Blu-ray release. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, so, The Batman, mm-hmm. which I believe is the, is the working title for the next film, yeah. is going to be directed by Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves' script. Yeah. And the, the, the big, the, the big hullabaloo about the Batman that he wants for this film is they want to go younger. Mm-hmm. They want the, the kind of like the inexperienced... Yeah, they may not inexperienced, but they want a younger Batman kind of just starting out, and they want to emphasize his uh, detective skills in this film. Yeah. Which I think is, is a good way to do it, because honestly, just we've seen Batman fight. We've seen his gadgets, but very few movies really do the detective, you know, justice. Right, because if Ben Affleck's Batman was a better detective, he would have figured out that Superman's mom was named Martha, and it wouldn't be such a shock. There you go. <laughs> and he, he never would have wanted to kill him. <laughs> Could have saved ourselves a whole movie. Yeah, waste of time. <laughs> so I'm curious. Do you have any any thoughts? Any 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 actor you'd like to see step into the the cape and the cowl? Oh man, that that's definitely a tough question. It's it's always hard to think who would be a good Batman. You know who who do I like as whoever gets picked is up for an incredible amount of scrutiny. Oh yeah, they will be maligned and harassed and and. They should just cancel all their social media <laughs> as soon as it get, get, get announced. Yeah, because, just get a head start. Yeah, it's just going to be ugly. Like, yeah. no, there's no winning in this situation. Nope. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to do it, especially after Bale did such a great job. Um, he did, but he, I don't think he is like the standard bearer for what Batman needs to be. No, if I don't there, if think so. If there's one thing to, to criticize Bale's Batman for, it's his voice. The, the gravelly voice, yeah, that's what always gets criticized first. And, you know... For good reason. Yeah, it's a little silly. Yeah. And you see the progression as it gets more and more extreme from, you know, Batman Begins to Dark Knight Rises. How he just, it's basically just, you know, yeah. shoveling gravel. <laughs> but, well, and, and if uh, if you're going to do Batman, I, like Snyder did, with mm-hmm. the voice modulator was the way to go. That sounded really cool. I, I actually really, really liked cool. that vocal mm-hmm. effect. Um, I thought it was a good idea. And honestly, that's what Batman would do. You know, he wouldn't just... Change his voice, you know. <laughs> so I have, I have, I, I am not really familiar with a lot of young Hollywood actors. Yeah, that's oh. my problem too. So I, I, I don't the, know who's up and coming right now. No, I don't either. But I can the the only actor I can think of that I think I would actually give my endorsement to at the moment. Uh-huh. And this might be a controversial choice too. Yeah. But I think I'd like to see Zac Efron do it. Uh, you know, he would definitely be a good Bruce Wayne. I've I've seen just enough from him. Uh huh. In movies that make me think that he has the potential to pull this off. I think if he could pull off, like, dark and serious. I'm waiting to watch the Ted Bundy series that he just did on Netflix. Oh, Because that might be the the, the one that really pushes me into this. You know, physically, Physically, he can do it. Physically, he's got it, yeah. And he's definitely, yeah. And, you know, depending on what interpretation of Bruce Wayne you want to use, I think he can pull that off, too. Yeah. Because he's a funny guy. He's a charismatic guy. Uh It doesn't hurt that he's easy in the eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, but it, you're that. right. Can he pull off like the the brooding, the deadly, brooding. serious, you know, sitting on top of the gargoyle thing? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I want to watch this Ted, this Ted Bundy thing. The trailers I've seen for it make it look like, hey, maybe maybe he is a, up for the He's Dark Knight. For it, yeah, I'd be curious to see that. I'm probably gonna have to check that out just to see what I think about it. And, but, uh, and ten years ago, if you asked me that, I, <laughs> that would I would I ever say Zac Efron, that guy from High School Musical, should be Batman? <laughs> I would have punched you in the dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, just, that guy's changed so much. But yeah, everything I've seen him in recently, I like him in. I think he's a good actor. Yeah. He, I, I mean, you know, he mostly sticks to comedies, then he yeah. does them well. Yeah, which but, is why I'm like hesitant so No, no, far, I, I agree. But this Bundy thing might be what I need to see. Yeah, it might push us over the lines. Yeah. We shall see. Other than that, though, I can't, I can't think of too many young actors that would play the part very well. Because, I mean... It's it's hard being Batman, what as if, we've what, seen. What if I blow your mind with something right now? All right. What if you get Tom Holland to be Batman <laughs> and Spider-Man, and then you cross that them would, over uh, at some point? That'd be quite a young Bruce Wayne. 
I think he'd still be training at that point. I think he's like 26 <laughs> in real life. <laughs> he just plays a teenager well. Yeah, but... I don't. I could be dead wrong about that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, either way. Um, no, just, just make fanboys' heads explode by having someone from the Marvel Universe be Batman. That would just be the best. I mean, people still can't get over that Captain America was the Human Torch at one point. Yeah, that's true. Even yeah. though those films aren't even connected. Not at all, which is very weird. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, I know there were some rumors for a while that Jake Gyllenhaal might be the next Batman. Old. But, yeah, <laughs> once we found out that they were trying to go for a younger one, it's like, no. And plus, he's Mysterio now. Well, before that, he was the Prince of Persia. So, yeah. I mean, come Sounds on. the time. He <laughs> made him younger. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, other than that, yeah, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I'd really have to sit there and see who's up and coming, who the newbies are. All right, what, do you, what else you got for us in the DC Universe? The DC World. Well, aptly in the DC Universe, uh, Young Justice just uh, finished the first half of the first third season. The first, <laughs> first third half season. of the third season. I love it. <laughs> They're on their, uh, you know, their mid-season finale. Um, it's looking pretty good. It's um, It introduced Cyborg, you know, small spoiler, but I think it's been kind of posted in a lot of places. Uh, Cyborg is in the series now. Uh, definitely a different take on them. Uh, not as lighthearted as the uh, Teen Titans version. Not throwing a waffles at Deathstroke? Nope. <laughs> uh, bummer. <laughs> but uh, it's it's looking pretty good so far. Um, a lot of the you know threads got tied up at the end of the mid-season, but it definitely left it at a point where you're like, okay, these characters are coming back into the fold, and these characters aren't what they appear to be. Yeah, un- unlike Glass, where I was okay with you spoiling the hell out of it, I don't. I don't want to hear spoilers for Young Justice because yeah. I, I, that's, that's going to be a show I crush. Vague. Yeah, <laughs> when I when I finally am like, oh yeah, Young Justice. Yes, I'm just gonna murder that son of a bitch. I'm gonna oh, watch yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah, they they pass by so quick. You're like, what? That was it? Ah, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's doing really good so far. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm leaving it vague because it's it's very good. And not to put you on the spot, but do you happen to know when Doom Patrol's hitting? Uh, I believe it's towards the end of this month. I want to say the Februarys. I think the so. Februarys. So the February or March. I'd have okay. to. I'd have to double check. But not Smarch. Not Smarch. Okay. That's Lousy weird. Smarch weather. Yeah, that's not when you want to release a show. Nope. Maybe it is, because you'll be inside all the time. Uh, Good point. (laughs) All right, let's wrap this puppy up. All right. With our latest, greatest smash hit segments. (laughs) Let's let's start negative first. What do you think? Let's do it. What's making you dead inside? Dead inside. Dead inside! Well, this actually, funnily enough, ties into my happy, happy joy moment. Uh, The other side of the coin. So if we're starting with the down... Uh, many of you may have heard that Ghostbusters is coming back. Ghostbusters 3 has been teased, and the official teaser trailer was... Well, I guess it was released. But, I mean, it was just a super small tease. Yeah. But, you know... It was more, it was more, more like an announcement. Yeah, it was like an announcement teaser, because there was no actual footage right. that's from the movie. But, uh, you know, that's I, I love that. That's why that's going to be the happy, happy joy moment, because I love Ghostbusters. Uh, loved it since I was a kid and super excited, you know, just hearing that music, you know, just the sound effects. The from sound the effects were packs. so cool. And, you know, just seeing the Ecto-1 flap from under the sheet, you're like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. But the part that makes me dead inside is that it's already striking up a little bit of controversy with, uh, I know, um, a lot of people that were either fans of the, we'll say, remake, reboot, whatever it was, um, they're not on board with it. And I feel like they're taking it to either, you know, either a political direction or, yeah, I'm not 100% sure because I just feel that it's not at all what's actually happening. I know, uh, I think Leslie Jones tweeted, you know, an angry tweet that, you know, they felt that they weren't, uh, I don't know, considered or... It's it's hard to say because it's it's like I understand that if you work on something for a franchise that you kind of feel some entitlement to it. But at the same time, it's like that movie didn't do so well. And, you know, for whatever reason, people are going to argue. But I mean, I know in my opinion, I just didn't think it was the greatest movie. <laughs> you know, Like I felt it could have done a lot better. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I, it, you know, not to be smirched the, the, the actresses in the, in the film or the actors, any, anyone in that anyone, film. Yeah. It's the, the cast is great. It's just, yeah. it's unfortunate that the, the script wasn't very, very good. 
Yeah, it just it didn't feel like it was going in a cohesive direction, and you know that was whatever the fault well, and, of that. And movie. you know, at one point there were there were, there was talk at at, at Sony, right? Who uh-huh. has Ghostbusters? I think Sony was talk, was pitching the idea of like you know a Ghostbusters multiverse kind of thing. So yeah, like, that's those, what they were planning. That doesn't necessarily mean like the Leslie Jones, Kristen Wiig movies are done. They they could come back in a new form. They might come back. I mean, it's possible that they could come back later, but yeah. it, it seems like at this point. They're trying what the original plan was. Uh, I know originally it was supposed to be Ghostbusters 3, but, you know, Ivan Reitman didn't get on board with it because they were changing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they've been talking to Ghostbusters 3 for at least two decades. Yeah, (laughs) you know, the head of Sony just wasn't about what he wanted to do. And then they made this, and it didn't do so well. So it feels like now they're kind of backtracking. They're giving it to Ivan Reitman's son to work on. And I feel like it's a really cool thing because he's going to have that perspective that, you know, we had. We watched that growing up. We know the kind of vibes that it's supposed to give, you know, like when we first saw it, how it felt. And if he can encompass that and really bring it forward, it's going to be great. But like I said, the, the part that really sucks is that it's already becoming, you know, wrapped in controversy, politicized, you know everyone's kind of taking it their own way and it's like ghostbusters is for everybody you know it's like we're ready to believe you yeah, yeah perfect perfect <laughs> so for my dead inside I'm, I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet on this one because uh, this is an open challenge to anyone out there listening i want you to prove me wrong but when i watch the current season of the flash on the cw <laughs> i feel dead inside <laughs> I don't want to deep dive on this too much. I, I, I'm hoping maybe, maybe at the end of the season I'll do a review of the entire season I can, I, and I'll clean my feelings more in yeah. depth. But if you disagree with me, let's talk. Tell me why I'm wrong. I want to know. Arrow was almost on this list, but I've actually kind of liked this season. Mm. It's not great, but it's sort of kind of meandering to a better place. Okay. I but see. Flash makes me just everything shuts down on the inside. <laughs> Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you kind of did your happy, happy, joy, joy. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna echo yours. I'm changing yeah. mine from what I had initially because you reminded <laughs> us like, oh yeah, the Ghostbusters thing came out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not looking at the the negative side of the coin. Yeah. Because I'm just way too happy mm-hmm. for the possibilities. Now, granted, they could come out with a trailer in a year, and I'll just be like, that looks like a turd. But <laughs> at really this moment, it but yeah. I'm very, very happy. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, I'm just super excited already. Yeah. And I think on that note, we're going to wrap up. All righty. Anything else you want? We got to get off our chests? Um, I think that's about it. All I can think of. I don't think anything new is coming out very soon. No, we'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, for the three busy presents the Tomcast podcast. I am Tom. I am Roger. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you so very soon. I hope. Bye. He called me mystical. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're still-